Welcome back to the Trifecta Soft Podcast. I'm your host, E-Rock. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, so you never miss another podcast. Also, do me a favor. Go on to whatever podcast app you listen to us on and give us a rating and review. That really helps us rank in the searches. Thank you so much. Let's get into the podcast. How's it going, dude? Hanging out, man. My wife made me take a shower. She said I need to be presentable for this, so... <laughs> well you look great bro <laughs> so um that's a cool setup you got man like is that soundproofing and stuff in there yeah so cool. the uh yeah those are those uh little foam uh 12 by 12 foam uh pads or whatever that uh i glued onto the wall <laughs> so i've got some on this side too uh in the front here yeah hell yeah uh but yeah this whole wall um is that like part of the constitution behind you dude it is nice that's the whole constitution well that's the yeah whole page of the constitution yeah hell yeah so uh the flag up top that was uh i bought that from one of our uh youtube followers and um he does woodworking i saw on his instagram whatever this is like the first few months we started our channel like three years ago and uh so i bought that from him well when i bought it from him when he sent it to me he actually made this thing right here the red yeah that's made out of wood with plexiglass over it with the lighting in it uh he made that and as a gift and sent it to us so uh and then the constitution right here we've had that that was a gift from some of our business partners back in uh, cleveland ohio like 18 years ago or so and then uh the book is thank you for your service or thank you for my service <laughs> the one with by matt best yeah uh and then this pop right here this is the uh let's see where's my finger at that thing was a Father's Day gift from my daughter and son-in-law that uh, it's a it's the Master Chief Halo figure, you know? Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Uh, so I don't have... They're they're big into collecting those uh, Funko Pops. And uh, so they got me that one because they know I don't have any, like, real collectible stuff or whatever. Yeah. So they were like, you know, they got me that. So, and then, of course, this, you recognize that. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. And uh, I've got... And then this pillow we made... And I put it on our couch when I first got it. And my wife is like, that doesn't match anything in here. You just get that out of here. I was like, yeah. <laughs> but, shut down, man. <laughs> I put it in here. It looks, you know, so it looks better in here anyway. So hell yeah. Well, your background looks awesome too, man. Yeah. It's workshop. Like, yeah. This is like five years of um, working here, man. Mm. Um, so this is like a little barracks kind of set up for dudes that um have to like stay like spend the night or whatever so if we ever have people over that come over and um help us for events or whatever the case is um there was like a just a single futon here and this was the same like mattress thing yeah we're able to like keep that one because it's bigger than the one that they came with because this shit was in my son's bedroom and um it worked out in our favor because we kept it and moved in here so if there's more than one dude they get to not have to sleep beside each other. <laughs> uh, that worked out. 
it was just a pain in the ass, like taking it apart, putting it through this door. Cause like the door over here in front of me, I made this like a regular size door. But when I built that, there's another door back there. It's like a small, like almost bathroom size door. Yeah. So there's like no way to get it through any of the doors without breaking everything apart. So that sucked. But, um, right. Yeah. Like all the machines are like right here. It's kind of hard to see it, but you can see this one like flashing, which I'm going to turn it off because it's aggravating. Um, but we got like six machines right here. Um, like a work table. I used to have one that I had built back here where that stool's at. And that was, um, probably like when I, the first year I started my business, it was like four by fours and plywood and stuff. Yeah. I'll have like a nice toolbox to put everything in, uh, the thread and stuff that back wall where that, I think you can see it, but like where all the threads at beside it, where you can't see, there's like a big wall of patches. that's like probably 5,000 patches on our inventory, man. It's ridiculous. Holy shit. So it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that's like the rundown in here. You can't see like the roof, but like we got the whole roof like covered in unit flags and stuff like that for um, flags that we made for different units and stuff like that. So oh, it's, damn. Something, it's something that would be really cool to come visit, man, if you ever get the opportunity to. Yeah, awesome. Hell yeah. It looks awesome, dude. Yeah, those uh, spools of, of string back there or thread or whatever. Um, yeah, it, it you can't really tell from here what it is. And unless you know, but yeah. it's really colorful. Yeah, I tried to organize it, man, like Marine Corps style, where it's like situationally uh, like set up correctly, like all the all the like colors together and everything. Yeah, they're like fifty five hundred yards of one spool, dude. So like, damn, it's a lot of fucking thread in one spool. In right. My life. Like put a, a not a box fan, but like an industrial fan on the ground in front of them, like maybe a month or two ago. From Home Depot, it's like one of these big ass ones. It's like tall as shit. Yeah, but it's still set up like we we have it set up over there. So she has it set up like I'm trying to point like on the ground, like where that red hat's at in the middle. Yeah, she had it sitting there, and I was doing so. I was away for like a week or two, and she she was like, "Yeah, I had to get a new fan." And like one of the spools of thread got fed into that fan, like all the whole spool, dude. She said, oh. and like. All 5,500 yards were like in that fan, just wrapped <laughs> into it. So, like, yeah, I don't know why it's not working. I'm like, that's probably why it's not working. So, <laughs> so she took it to Home Depot and got it replaced and like didn't ask any questions. I was like, all right, whatever, dude. So, oh, that's funny. Yeah, no shit. So, it probably just uh, it caught the wind right and pulled the string in there and <laughs> away it goes. Yeah, it was terrible, dude. I wasn't here for it, but it sounds that's like crazy. something you would do. Well, your shirt looks awesome too. I saw uh, you guys make those, right? Because that's your design, isn't it? The uh, yeah. ghost with the guns. Yep. Um, I drew this like when it was kind of big in the news and stuff for like ghost guns and like all over Facebook and stuff. I was like sitting there thinking, I was like, man, every time I heard the word ghost guns, I thought of like Pac-Man and just stupid shit. I'm like, man, I could make something with that like, and, and try to make something cool. So I... um when I designed it, I was like, I gave this dude like a HK416. He's got like an AK. I know he's got an AK. He's got like a Dragon Off or something. And um, he's got an Uzi. Nice. So I tried to give him like a variety of weapons, man. But I always thought it was funny when they said like ghost guns in the news and everything. It's <laughs> silly. Oh, Jesus. Right. 
Well, welcome, man. You got, uh, you know, I want to, I want to go over some of your uh, background and then your business, you know? Um, so I met you at the SS Airsoft uh, Air, uh, Arena um, a couple weekends ago when they had the Call of Duty event out there. And you guys had a trailer set up in front of uh, SS Airsoft. And my, me and my son or a couple sons walked in there and kind of looking around. And, and I started talking with you. And uh, I think it was your younger brother. Yeah, Dave, yeah. probably, yeah. Yep. So uh, that was the first time I met you. And um, we, uh, so we started talking and obviously found out you were a Marine Corps veteran. I'm a Marine Corps veteran. And then Riker had a table set up, like a booth set up right next, you know, to your trailer. Yep. And um, so anyway, it, it was, uh, it was really cool meeting you guys there. And then um, I found out about your business. So I thought maybe uh, if you go into, you know, kind of your background a little bit, like um, where you came up, how you, uh, why'd you go in the Marine Corps? <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of a fluke, dude. Like I, um, so I grew up in this area that I live in now in Hampton and like Griffin area. So like if, if people aren't familiar, I always tell them like the Alamo Speedway, it's like the closest landmark that's nearby. It's close to that area. Um, like five, 10 minutes away from there. It's not like too far. Um, pretty much grew up the entire time. My youth in this area, kind of not in Griffin, but in Hampton. So that's like North of here, like 10 minutes. Um, but my dad was a, he's a Navy veteran. He was in, um, like a fighter squadron and he worked on like F-18s and stuff like that. So he's, um, he was kind of like a role model role model for me for um kind of enlisting it wasn't like everyone always was like because when i was younger i was i watched the you know 2001 when the twin tires fell and everything i um i think i was in like fifth grade dude and i I don't want to say it was like a turning point for me but a lot of people do say that but um maybe it like solidified it some more i don't know like yeah I, I, i definitely wanted to be in the military at some point around that time, like when I was in fifth, sixth grade. Yeah. I always like was kind of, kind of a, like me and my brother, he's not actually my biological brother, but me and him would like freaking go out in the tree line and like wear camis and shit. And just, just doing like low crawling through the woods, just doing stuff, just ignorant stuff, dude. Like, yeah. And, like little kids and like riding our bicycles through the tree line, like on these ramps and stuff. And like, I don't know, man. Like it was just one of those things where like, I, I love being outside dude. And I could never see myself behind like a nine to five job where I'm stuck behind a computer. Um, but yeah, um, I grew up in this South side of Atlanta pretty much my whole life. Um, I kind of went to the Navy first and I was like, yeah, I want to be a seal. This is in like 2010. Like when I first, um, graduated high school, ready to like, kind of pick and I, even through high school. So like I went through a ROTC program, did like competitive, competitive rifle shooting. Oh, nice. Really, really big into that, man. Like I really like enjoyed like shooting like that. Did and you grow up like uh learn how to shoot and everything? Your dad taught you how to shoot growing up in Georgia. Not really, dude. Like he, um, 
so he's he was born in uh, Canada, so like he wasn't um, and he wasn't really like an avid shooter like yeah. I am, dude. So um, he wasn't big into shooting like that. So I don't know. I mean, I kind of like I said, I, it was a fluke, dude. I kind of fell into it. You didn't really grow up around guns. No, not really, not at all. That's weird, right? For uh, living in Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's strange, right? Uh huh. But yeah, it's like our high school had all the setup for it. Like they had, so Luella High School, they had like a, a basement thing where it was basically a range down there. And it's like pellets, pellets and um, like 22 type stuff. Yeah. And it's, um, dude, I forgot, man. It's been so long since I've done that stuff. Um, I, I think it's like 15 yards. It's it's not far, dude. It's like right. prone, like kneeling and standing. And there's like, however they score it. And I mean, one of the instructors was like an old Marine Corps gunny. And like this dude was a monster, bro. Like he was a fucking savage. And he, <laughs> man, he was in like his probably like when he when I was in high school, he was probably in like his mid forties. Yeah, he's like outrunning us and like runs and like PT and stuff. I'm like holy <laughs> shit! Like what's wrong with me, man? Like why oh, is this ass freaking guy like outrunning me? Like I'm on the track team and like mm. I, I I didn't I stopped playing football in high school and then I was more into like track and cross country and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Long distance. And, uh, yeah. And, um, I was pissed, dude. I was like, this fucking old guy's like wolfing my ass, dude. And, <laughs> and I, I, I've always had like a competitive nature, man. Like I've always wanted like more out of stuff. Yeah. And, um, I seen that fire inside of him, man. And yeah. Like, man, this is ridiculous, dude. And our yeah, like our intensity. Yeah. <laughs> it was cool, dude. But he, I don't know, he was big into drill, too, and I didn't like that shit, dude. Like, he was, like, a hardcore, like, drill guy. Yeah. And he did, like, the drill portion for the ROTC. Yeah. And then, like, we had a dude that was a pilot, like, a Navy guy, and he did all the rifle shooting. And, um, yeah, I just didn't like the drill part, dude. I was <laughs> never a part of the drill team for the ROTC. I only did, like, the shooting stuff. Yeah. And they used to get big into that, like, the rifle arm shit. I'm like, nah, I'm good, dude. Like, I'm not doing <laughs> how dare you <laughs> i couldn't get behind it dude i, I never like that stuff man like it looks really cool like at football games and stuff but i, I just, right i could i don't know maybe i can't dance or something dude i couldn't get behind it <laughs> they were big into that stuff man oh that's funny yeah i hear you well uh when you went to boot camp what um i mean obviously you learned how to drill a lot then <laughs> <laughs> you're like what the hell yeah that was um um yeah so like i like i said i i was more of like trying to get into the navy and i don't know i, I always watched movies and stuff growing up and i was like man i want to be a freaking seal yeah like i wanted to get in the navy and become a seal um talk to the recruiter they said there's like an eight or nine months this is like 2009 2010 so there's a long hold time and i'm like man i'm not trying to wait around to do this shit. Like I want to do it like right, right now, dude. Yeah. Like, I'm doing their, whatever the, the PFT type stuff is to get into the military. Right. Like, I'm, I'm doing it like passing with flying colors. So I'm like running nonstop. Dude, I'm like running everywhere, yeah. bro. Like hardcore into this shit. And, um, the Marine, this is in um, forest park and, um, whatever that recruiting office is by South Lake mall. Um, the Marine Corps recruiting office is like right beside it. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna go in here, dude. And I'm like by myself, like walking here, I'm like talking to these dudes, and they're like, Yeah, I think we can um we can get you in. 
um, sooner than that, like sooner than their like long hold time. I'm like, all right, cool. Like I want to do something like a Navy SEAL does basically. Yeah. Some dumbass shit. Like I didn't, I I really didn't know anything about the Marine Corps, honestly, other right. than what I seen that ROTC and like a couple, like the dragon commercial and right. Shit like that. Full metal jacket. Yeah, dude. Like, I, I had no idea what I was getting into. Like, dude. you don't know what to ask for when you go there. Like, uh, I don't know what, what jobs are there. <laughs> like, yeah. what do you do? I don't fucking know. Yeah. So, like, I when I picked my jobs, my parents were, like, devastated. They're like, no, I don't do this shit. Like, don't do infantry. So, like, infantry is my first. No, I have recon is my first pick. Yeah. Infantry is my second pick. And, like, field artillery is my third. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, you're going to have to wait, like, six months. Like, something like that along the lines they said. Right. For the, the recon. And I'm like, all right, cool, dude. Cause I was like, that seems like something to seal. You know, I was like researching this shit too, like as best as I could back in that time. Right. Where I could like look up stuff. And the internet wasn't like a, I guess it, it wasn't a big, you know, it wasn't a big thing. It wasn't as good as it is now. Everything. Right. Yeah. So like I'm trying to research this shit. I'm like, what the fuck does recon even mean? Like, and I'm looking at this and I'm like, all right, that sounds really cool. And um, I'm looking up infantry. I'm like, that sounds fucking cool. Like fuel artillery. I'm like, yeah, that sounds cool. And um, a couple of weeks go by and like, I'm working at Delta airlines also. And like another week goes by and they're like, yeah, an infantry contract, like slot is open. Do you want to take it? I'm like, absolutely. Cause I, I want to just leave as soon as possible. Dude. Right. Cause I didn't want to wait around. So this is time. after you got graduated high school, you're working at a full-time job. What were you doing at uh, the airlines? Uh, baggage handler. No shit. Yeah, dude. So I want to know, everyone wants to know, did y'all just like kick the shit out of these bags and like throw them on purpose? Like when you're pissed off, like just Absolutely. mess up their luggage. <laughs> yeah, dude. Nah, man. It's cause I still work there part-time too, dude. So like when yeah. I got out, I got a job back there and, um, it's, um, yeah, dude. Like if you're putting like 200 bags on a plane or there's mail or freight or something, it's definitely like, I would say it's kind of, I always like to compare it to the infantry. It's like something where you got to like be young to be good at still. Cause you're throwing like all that weight. And it's just like, yeah. Some of those like, suitcases got to be fucking heavy, bro. Yeah. They're, they're pretty heavy, man. Like some of that stuff's heavy. Like to me, I've always had, like I said, that mentality where I like always want more, but yeah. then you work with these certain people and it's like, it's a buzzkill, man. So, <laughs> yeah. I'll leave it at so that. You, you go, uh, so you're full time at, uh, airlines uh tossing bags and then uh and then they the opening comes up and you go in uh what what was your uh leave time when they told you that how long before you were able to go to boot camp um i think i swore in like the next day like i went to the marine corps so it was like pretty quick yeah it was like a quick timeline yeah um i'm I'm trying to remember like the timeline but like i swore in the next day I don't, dude, I don't even know what day of the week. It might have been like the middle of the week or something. Right, right. Like I go into um, MEPS or whatever, swear in. They're like, I'm doing the, I guess the the after part where you sign like your, your contract. They're like, yeah, by the way, like the only infantry contract available is like a five-year and you're not getting a fucking bonus. I'm like, sweet. Awesome. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So like, and I'm like, All right, I never so heard it. Yeah. I never heard of five-year. Okay. Yeah. So like I I sign it. My dad's like, "You're fucking retarded, dude. You should have got a bonus." Like all this and that. I'm like, "Whatever, man. Like I'm doing it. Like is yeah. the end this? Like I want a fucking combat job. I mean, that's just how I. How you would have got a tw- you would have got a, like a twenty or thirty thousand dollar bonus if you would have went to the army, bro. <laughs> Probably. 
I, I went in the Marines, my buddies uh, in high school, like a handful of them, they all enlisted. We all enlisted the same, you know, around the same time. Yeah. And when the army, they're fucking like, they're getting 10 grand bonuses, sign, signing bonuses. They're coming back uh, from their, like, you know, when I come back from boot camp, they had already been back for yeah. a while. They went reserves and they got fucking new trucks and <laughs> shit like that. I'm like, bro, I'm eating dirt. <laughs> There's like three grand in our bank account. Like, <laughs> I went to ROTC and fucking became like a PFC instead. So like, <laughs> right? No, yeah. yeah, we got scammed, bro. Like all we got was a title, man. Well, look, I mean that's uh, that's worth something. We got it, man. Though I'm, I'm, I wouldn't turn, I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, do nah, that either way, man. Me I didn't neither. Even go to the fucking army recruiting office, dude. <laughs> I didn't so either. I didn't even like attempt. I, I went to the Air Force before that, dude. I was like, yeah, let me go check these guys out. They didn't even give me the time of day. So I was like, fuck it, dude. I'm not, <laughs> not, really fine, dude. not doing this shit. You didn't look uh, savvy enough, bro. Okay. I guess not, man. <laughs> I just wasn't like that. their type, man. So You got to go in there with like a pink polo shirt or something, okay? Shades <laughs> on, you know, real clean cut looking. And <laughs> and you got to have like at a, you know, 95 on your ASVAB. Yeah, like khakis. I actually got like a 98 or something on my Jesus, ass. bro. So like my dad was mad. He said, man, you could get so much of a better job. Like you got such a good score. And they're like, the even the um the recruiting gunny for the office, he was like a career gunny for the recruiting office. And I don't know how he ended up with that job. But um, he was like, yeah, you should pick a different job because you scored so high. Yeah. Like I don't want a fucking different job. And they're like one of the, one of the, it was like some nuclear tech shit. I don't yeah, even know the fuck it was man, and it was like a twenty five thousand dollar enlistment bonus. I'm like, I don't want that, dude. Uh, You'd been miserable. Yeah, You'd been fucking miserable. <laughs> I don't know what that is, dude, but it doesn't sound fun. And I didn't research it at all. Like, yeah, I don't know. It just it wasn't my thing, man. So, the most of the guys I've ever met that uh, worked on subs, you know, well, the submariners in the navy, those guys are fucking nuts, you know. And who I don't know who wants to spend you know, six months, you know, now with those, well, in the last however many years with those uh, nuclear subs, they stay underwater for fucking ever. Uh, I, uh, I don't want to stay in that little tube. Yeah. I can't do that shit. Uh, but they're smart as hell, smart as hell. But, uh, I don't, I don't want to do that shit, but yeah, all that nuclear shit, uh, sounds boring as hell. Yeah. I I just didn't, I I wasn't about that life, man. Like, so I'm just, glad that i picked the job that i got and um you know got where i am today so we'll be right back this episode is sponsored by skirmish the future of airsoft gameplay management are you ready to take airsoft to the next level skirmish's innovative gameplay solution keeps players and spectators engaged with real-time updates Capture objectives, detonate targets, medic, and more at skirmish-enabled fields. Skirmish tracks every action so you don't have to. Review past games, action by action, and follow your progress in national rankings. Phones are not required. If you want to find out more, head to skirmish.net. And check out episode 157 of this podcast where I talk with the owner of Skirmish about how it started and how it works. Stay connected, my friends. Now you went to uh you went to Paris Island, I'm sure. Yep. Hell yeah. yeah. So I went East Coast, um, did my time there. It was like the winter time, man. So it's, it really sucked because it like fucking snowed one day when we were on the range. And um they're like, you know, they're 
dudes are like, no, you can't wear warming layers. Like, don't don't wear like your warming layers today. So like, every, all these dudes are like wearing camis. Like, we're all like just putting on regular fucking camis. It's like twenty fucking degrees outside and windy as fuck. <laughs> like, oh no, because you know you like carry your Gore-Tex and shit around. Like, oh, you can put Gore-Tex on. Like, everyone's like squeezing this shit on, like putting it on. Like, wow, it's still really fucking cold out here. Like, mm-hmm. have like a hoodie on or something, or like a fucking the sweater, and um. It started snowing, and it, I guess it got to like whatever the level. I don't know, man. Like whatever the the no go criteria was on the range. Okay. Like, yeah, the, the range is canked for today. Like y'all got to leave. Yeah, we're, we're all like secretly like, yes, like no shit, God. Like so, uh, we got um we got lucky that day, but only one day out of the time we were there, we really we really lucked out because you know they're like, oh yeah, put all this because you know the, I don't know if hand sanitizer was like a big thing for y'all. But we like, never even know. Uh, yeah, I don't even know before. if it was out when I was in. <laughs> it, it, dude, it was such a weird thing because even this was a long time before fucking COVID was even a thing. Yeah, we had like the little like, you know, the hand sanitizer keychain things. Yeah, and it's like a tactical color, like green, and it's like fucking dummy corded to you somewhere. So they're like, yeah, put this shit on your hands, and we're like, put it in the fucking cold. Like, then we're just doing it just random times. We're like, yeah, put it on your fucking hands. We're when like, it's cold out? Yeah, cold as fuck. Like, take your fucking gloves off. Put this shit on. We're just like. Oh, my God. We're just doing. I like, mean, that makes it even colder. Yeah, it was like, goddamn, dude. Like, it, it wasn't like. That's it crazy. Matter, but it was just one of those things. It was just fucking retarded, dude. That yeah, I, when I, you're. I mean, your hands go numb anyway when you're snapping in because you're fucking <laughs> laying, you know, like if you're prone or whatever, like you wrap that sling around your arm and. I mean, that's how they taught us anyway, you know, you, where it's real tight and you snap it in, yeah, that yeah. Fuck, your fucking yeah. arm goes numb in like 10 minutes. <laughs> we, we were like the last class that had the the iron sights. The class behind us had the RCOs, like the ACOGs or whatever. Oh, we we actually had the last qualifying class that um, had iron sights. So, oh, OK, were you guys using the uh, what what uh, weapon were you guys using? The N sixteen um, A1s. The A2s? A, A, yeah, A2s. Yeah, the A- yeah. No sh- okay, that's what I was using. I didn't know they uh they ran that long. Holy yeah. shit. Okay. It was they're old, dude. Like that's awesome. Yeah, because I went in uh 89. I went in October of 89. Uh so I was in the, our last, you know, month or month and a half was cold as hell. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I graduated boot camp January 5th of 90. And, uh, and those la- that last month was, you know, cold as shit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we use the, uh, a twos as well, with the iron sights. That oh, wasn't yeah. bad, dude. Like the, um, so like our, our drill instructors were, um, you know, like all these dudes are combat veterans to some extent. I think our, so our senior drill instructor, his name was, um, like staff Sergeant Lopez. He was like a, a crew chief for like Cobras and like gunships and stuff. Nice. Um, our other three drill instructors, they all were, none of them, I think none of them were infantry, dude. Um, they were all just random jobs, but they all still had like combat action urban dude. So like, I don't know like what, what they did. Like one dude was like a parachute rigger or something. Hmm. Other dude was like a fucking, um, just weird fucking jobs, dude. I don't know, man. But they were all <laughs> like, they all were like stacked. So they're, they were knowledgeable and stuff. So we had like good drill instructors. I think we, so we lost one of our, our senior drill instructor. I don't know like what happened, dude. Like if it was hazing or what it was, dude, I don't know what happened, but he, he left. And then a new guy came 
So we got Lopez was the new guy that we got. Yeah. I had like a short Hispanic dude. Same was like Staff Sergeant Salas. I forgot. He did some fucked up. I don't know what he did, dude. Like he he hazed somebody. I don't fucking know, dude. Like, but it was like <laughs> deserving because I think it was like on the range. Yeah. And, like he flags. I don't fucking know. He like flagged somebody and like someone tackled him. And we're all just standing there like, you know, like no one's no one's like bucking him because like he fucking flagged somebody. So we're all just hanging out like watching this happen dude yeah like, everyone's like secretly not like trying to laugh or anything just like staying there it's fucking cold outside so we're all just like in that fucking like going internal anyway so right yeah i don't know i don't know man like we lost him and they got the new the new guy on uh, lopez but they're all like super knowledgeable man um i think i went to boot camp in like october november december yep because I, I we had like all the holidays when we were there yeah, same. So it was um it was fucking cold, dude. I didn't think it would get that cold in um South Carolina, but I was Yeah, because the first month it was fucking hot as shit. Humidity and the fucking sand fleas and you I know. didn't even experience that, dude. Yeah. I had no idea what the fuck those are. Like I never experienced that <laughs> at all, man. Well, any kind of bugs, really, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you're standing in formation, which they make you do a lot uh outside your barracks or whatever you just uh and then they're walking around you think they're gone you think they like are nowhere around and you're like fuck my ear itch is so bad and <laughs> you see you know you know you're just kind of looking you can't move you're looking yeah. with your eyes like and you know your buddies are like you know and then that one guy touches his face <laughs> and then you know they all come out like who the fuck touched you? you know yeah dude <laughs> yeah hell yeah that's funny. Hell yeah. So then uh what was your um so then you go to uh MCT and then SOI probably, right? Yeah. School of Infantry. Yeah. Um, so we, um Lejeune. Yeah, I did a, um so I lucked out because um during the time that I got in was like one of those times where like the schoolhouses were like really full. So I guess that's why like all the jobs really fucked up where you would have to wait X amount of time. Right. So infantry was so like backed up, like SOI was so backed up when I went, they're like, yeah, you can come like you, you're going to fucking come either way, but you can come right now and just sit on um, Geiger and do like the little fucking um, fire watch shit where you walk around. Oh yeah. Or you can do like recruiting duty for um, your local recruiter and oh. do like all his fucking paperwork shit with him. Right. And I'm like, I'm doing that, dude. Like, I'm not fucking sitting like around. Yeah, fuck that. And fucking with that shit. Uh. Uh-uh. So did like 30 days of recruiting duty. Okay. And um, oh, it's kind of weird, dude, because all the dudes there are like staff sergeants and sergeants. Right. Like this PFC. And you're fresh out of fucking boot camp. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you're it's you're still calling them sir, and they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm not a sir. <laughs> I work yeah, for it, a living. <laughs> it was weird, dude. I don't know, man. I didn't really like it because it wasn't the job that I wanted, but yeah, it's what I had to pick to, I guess, to be the better. Well, it's totally different too. I mean, when you, you know, when I, when I went to the recruiting office, I, I'm, I knew my recruiter for like a year and a half uh, before I was able to sign up. And um, when you go in there as a teenager, it's, you're kind of, Ooh, ah, you know? And then when you go to boot camp, and then, you know, a lot of us, we, to get this extra time on leave when you come home from boot camp, we would sign up for 10 days of recruiting duty. 
So you get an extra, you know, few days or whatever to be on leave after boot camp so that, uh, you know, you, you do this recruiting duty. Well, after boot camp, I go to the recruiting office. It's totally, it looks different. It's the same one. Yeah. It just feels different. And you look at it like they're, you know, they're not the hard, like what you just came out of. Yeah. They're like, Hey, this is a job. You know, you just start to realize, Oh, this is a nine to five for them. And they're not in that environment that we just came out of. Yeah. And for me, it was like, bro, I don't, (laughs) this is boring. I don't want fucking boring. You know, you just came out of three, three months of fucking, you know, intense, like intense level 10. Uh, And then you go in the office and all quiet and they're drinking coffee and (laughs) bullshit. And then you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Totally different. But yeah, um, so after that was over, like the 30 days, it was boring as fuck. Like you said, man, it was just go to the mall and like see if someone wants to join the Marine Corps. I'm like, <laughs> roger that. Like, I, how the fuck am I going to like go to, I'm just going to walk up. Like, I'm over here wearing my fucking, the, um, the Delta have- or whatever. Oh yeah. With two fucking ribbons or one rib, whatever. The, right. The stupid dude. Like, so I'm walking around the, the mall with this uniform on. Like, what am I doing? Like, what did I fucking sign up for? Like, this is not what I wanted at all. You right. know, you know, I, I did it. Like, I had to fucking do it, obviously. So there's no way around it. You oh, know, yeah. like, dude's like one of the staff sergeants is like, he got mad or something because I called him dude or like whatever the, I don't know what I fucking said, dude. I said something because he said some stupid shit, and um, I came back at him. He's like, oh, you gotta, you gotta walk to the mall now. I'm like. Roger that. Like I'm in the mall is like two miles away. I'm like, all right, sweet dude. Awesome. <laughs> then I can walk to the mall on my own fucking business for once. Uh, right. But it, yeah, I didn't enjoy it at all, man. It was not fun. Um, yeah. It, it was all right, I guess to like unwind a little bit, but that's not what I, it's like you said, it's not what I signed up for. Yeah. I didn't want to unwind at that point. I wanted to go straight into my job and stuff. For sure. And um, so how long did you have to do that? It's like 30 days. dude. Oh, okay. And then the SOI opened up. Yeah, that was oh. like the next available class that oh, was good. open. I yeah. guess like those guys were on leave that were um that were doing the next cycle. Yeah, they were um resting man because they probably needed it more than anyone. Right, which is crazy, man. Because like um, so when we got to SOI, it was all like all the same boot camp class. Like everyone that all of our guys that were went into boot camp were going into the same classes in SOI. Like we all processed and stuff like that. Um, we had so like, there's like a couple like key elements of dudes that I know still. And um, one of them in particular, his name was Sergeant Farmer. I think he's like a gunny now. He's still in the Marine Corps. Um, he lost like half his lung in like Fallujah or somewhere in Iraq. Jeez. Like a, a chlorine bomb or whatever. Damn. He's, like running PFTs, like. Uh, Irishman basically and he's like just going he's like he always taped out and everything like straight savage doing stuff like that so he was one of our instructors um he was one of the, he actually was an instructor that was like a um he went into our unit with us in 1-8 when we got done at SOI but that's a different story um but yeah we had like all of our all of our SOI instructors were like really um they're really knowledgeable man like they're really good like one of them was like this short Hispanic dude 
that was always doing burpees for PT and stuff. <laughs> I, I forgot his freaking name, man. It's been so long. But he's yeah. like, you want to do fucking burpees? I'm like, we're all like in formation. We're like, what the fuck is this guy talking about, bro? Like, we're all doing like burpees for like, we'll go run like five miles and then we come back. He's doing burpees the whole time. We're like, this is mm-hmm. But no, they're all like tatted out. Like all of them are like sleeved out and stuff. Like, yeah. It, I don't know. It's like the Marine Corps. I felt like that I wanted to be in when I got there because I was like, yeah, this is awesome, dude. And, um, right. I, I was an 11. So like, I, um, I kind of wanted to be a machine gunner and I like teared it, but I was, dude, I was like hundred pounds wet, man. Like I'm, I'm only like 170, 180 right now. So like, I'm yeah. not even, I don't weigh a whole lot now, but, um, I was like teetering the idea with that. I ended up being 11 and, um, it, w- it was a good time, man. I enjoyed all my time at SOI. That dude, um, Sergeant Farmer, now a gunny, um, he, dude, we would do like patrols in, in like Lejeune area and like Iger. He's like taking us through the swamps. He's like, yeah, we're looking for gators right now. I'm like, I'm like, what is, like, what is, <laughs> man? Like, this is awesome, dude. But like, he's like talking about like all this crazy stuff, man. Like, I don't know. He was, he was so like motivating, dude. And it was awesome. Yeah. Like, experience a marine corps with like people like that in it because from a lot of stuff that i've heard in the past there's not i mean not a whole lot of people that are enjoying their time in right so i was um i think i was really fortunate to have like good leadership for the most part of my um my career so yeah well that was you know i went uh when i went in uh i went in for combat engineer they stuck me in uh that was the school was full same kind of thing and uh, they're like, do you want to wait? I'm like, no, just a handful, you know, a big group of us. Well, I ended up with uh, motor transport. And uh, so, I, you know, I was really disappointed because that's not what I wanted. That's not yeah. what I, you know, I didn't want to drive trucks. I wanted to be in the shit or whatever. But uh, we, you know, I had a good time. Like it was, uh, we made the best of it. That was it. Like we didn't, you know. Uh, and, and then also, I think a big part of, uh, I guess, feeling better about it was my first duty station was uh, Okinawa, Japan for a year. And our battalion commander was fucking awesome. I mean, we hated him, but we <laughs> loved him. Like yeah. Vietnam vet, <clears throat> hard charging as a motherfucker. And when we saw this guy, when he, the first uh, formation we had, the number one thing we thought was uh, when he walked out, we thought, fuck yeah, on our battalion runs, he's not going to run very far at all because this dude looked like a bodybuilder. Okay. Yeah. About fucking five, five and just, you know, stacked. Yeah. So uh, we're like, he ain't running that far. Yeah. Whatever. This dude ran our dicks in the dirt, bro. Like <laughs> eight miles on, you know, a regular run. It's supposed to be like three miles, whatever. We're running eight miles. He's trying to make people fall out. Yeah, hell yeah. You know, so you get page 11. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, I could just see that he was kind of the guy. And he had a scar on his face, too. I mean, just the the epitome of Marine. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, And so, we, you know, much respect for sure. But uh, that was my year in Okinawa was was just hardcore shit with, with these guys and, uh, the unit I was with. So it was fun. That's what I, that's what I liked. But yeah. then, you know, and then we played hard too, but, uh, 
but yeah, I've heard so many people, my, well, my daughter experienced it well, she, or as well. She went into the air force, but she got an admin job, which she didn't really want. Yeah. And she got stuck on a base that was in uh, Columbus, Mississippi. It's a training base for the pilots. So brand new pilots, they're up there. Like the first time they're training they're they're using the, like, I don't know what you call it, but a prop plane, you know? So uh, she took care of all the admin stuff for them. She had to, you know, make sure all their paperwork, like their medical shit was cleared before they could actually uh, get in the, in the, in the plane. So, but there's nothing around Columbus, Mississippi. It's like dead. Yeah. Um, So, and unfortunately for her, you know, she spent four years in and uh, there was no chance for her to like, move you yeah. know like in in the marine corps like most time especially when i was in we like if you get four years you know we signed up for four years one of those four years like 99 percent of the time you're going to okinawa yeah like that's everyone does a rotation on okinawa so uh at least you have some experience out of the states you get to go whatever you know so yeah. she was really just disappointed and i've heard you know people that go in and they're they're all excited they're like you know, psyched up, like to go, uh, do some shit. And then they get a, a boring job and in a boring location. And what do you do? Like, you're kind of stuck, you know? Yeah. Uh, so fortunately I didn't have that, um, you know, right away. So that was, that was good. And it sounds like you didn't either. You had five years and then, yeah. Uh, so, um, been around. Cause I looked at your website uh, your about page on your website. Yeah. Yeah. So after, um, after SOI, we went to the fleet and, um, it was like that time where dudes were, they were like, does the people want to go to recon or, um, the silent drill platoon? <laughs> um, they're asking like all these secondary like duties, I guess, whatever the, there's like recruiters there. Not, I don't even think it's recruiters, but like dudes there that are, a part of these other units right asking the pool of people there that want to do other stuff sure and um i didn't really want to do any of that stuff like any like they're like recon um silent drill platoon like fast like other stuff like that yeah um and they're just like certain dudes are like yeah i want to go because like so like this is the time where um 2009 ish 2010 ish they're um they're all like yeah you're gonna go to a unit and you're gonna deploy like instantly so i get like so i had conversations with guys this is when i'm like 18 years old 19 years right old. um they're like man i'm scared like i don't want to i don't want to deploy instantly i'm like dude you joined the fucking marine corps man like what did you expect was <laughs> oh right and he's like he's saying this to me i'm like i forgot he was like a reservist man like i forgot his name i really don't remember it but um he was saying, I'm like, dude, this is why I got in the Marine Corps. Like, I wanted to, like, go somewhere else. Right. And, like, help people and do other other things, like, bigger mm-hmm. than myself. And, um, yeah, so uh, I went to um, to 1-8. I think everyone went to, like, 1-8 or 2-9 mm. or those other schoolhouses to do stuff. And um, the dudes that washed out, like, I know a couple guys that washed out from some of those schoolhouses. They went to other, like victor units and like 29 palms and like other oh, places shit, where they yeah. got it on 29 so like, stumps it, buddy it backfired on them i guess I don't know, man. <laughs> like yeah if i go to if i go to um, recon and i wash out we'll just go to california instead i'm like 
<laughs> I'm like, I don't know how this shit works, Steve. Like, I have no yeah, idea. Right. And, um, yeah, I didn't I didn't see the bigger picture at all for any of that stuff. I had no like role model or bigger hand that was helping me out that told me what to do and like navigate yeah. me. I was just fucking winging it, dude. And um I got to one eight. It was like me and three or four other dudes that went to boot camp with and it was quite the, it's like an experience that you don't fucking forget because like you get off the bus and you're like on one of those white buses you got like all your gear and we weren't even wearing like our alphas or anything to check in they're like yeah just make sure they have their camis on and like all like the dudes that greeted this is like corporal andrews and corporal dudley and these are like iraq vets iraq and afghan vets one dude's like tall as fuck. One dude, yeah. dude, Corporal Andrews is like fucking six five, six four, tall yeah. as fuck, big as fuck. The other dude, um, Dudley, Corporal Dudley, this dude's short as fuck. So it was just a weird pair to get off the right. bus. Like, cause I'm I'm like six one, so like I'm not super tall and like super short. So like we all get off with our fucking sea bags on the front of us and like our our packs and shit on, and they're telling us to run around and we're doing all the check-in shit. Right. All running around the whole fucking time. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad, man. Like I didn't have any fucking issues. Like I wasn't getting fucking hazed to like any extent that I thought I would get fucked up yet. Right. And, um, you know, it was, it was, um, it was just the way I remember it, man. It was like, everyone was super quiet on the bus. Like no one was fucking talking. Like no one knew what was to really expect. Yeah. So like, um, Cause I think it was like a Thursday or Friday. It was like almost the weekends. Like these dudes were kind of ready to get rid of us anyways. So sure. those weren't like our permanent team leaders or like squad leaders or anything. One of them became one of the guys we deployed with for our first deployment. Um, Corporal Andrews was, but then we went and actually went to meet like our team leaders and our platoon and stuff like that. And that's when it like became like a reality and, we all like got with our teams of different dudes and um yeah so like my first team leader was upton like lance corporal upton and he's already he they had deployed like all of all of our all of one eight had already deployed once with mm. the, the guys that we were with yeah. and, and most of them like most of the dudes that were older than that generation had at least like two to three deployments between Afghanistan or Iraq or whatever. Yeah. So they were really um, a lot. I, I would say a lot of them like had a good comprehension of what's going on and stuff. So that's where it comes in. Like our leadership was in a good place at the time. So we kind of looked out for the most part, like we, we had good leadership and um, it kind of got mixed up. So we did a workup for um, I think about five or six months before we went on deployment. And it's always like one of those guessing games, like where it bounces around, like, oh, we're gonna go here, we're gonna go there. Like no one, no one really fucking knows, I guess. Like, yeah. oh, we're gonna go to Iraq, we're gonna go to Afghanistan. And they keep bouncing the idea around. And we're all, you know, everyone's just ready to fucking do it, man. We're not just because we're all been on a workup for X amount of time. Um it ended up we went to fucking Sangin or whatever. And then now we're all like I think we're 29 palms, like right before we deploy and they like announce it like unofficially and like everyone knows about it. Yeah. And um, like, yeah, we're going to go to Sangin and like, 
this is after like the second push to Sengen or the mm. first push. So like everyone's like talking about how bloody and shit it was like the first go around and like, yeah, it's going to be like a serious fucking deployment. So like everyone's like real, um, not shocked or anything, but yeah, like kind of just ready to get there and, and do their job. Right. Um, no, I wasn't bad. So like when we got there, so fast forward to like, to before we like like when we go on leave and stuff tell everyone tell my family blah 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 have like our party going away party shit like that right um and i dude i'm not really i i would say like at that time in my life i wasn't like a big drinker man like i didn't drink a whole lot i still like drank a little bit but it wasn't like hardcore i, I wanted to be good at my job man like i always wanted to be better and like do good things and shit and be right and meet like not just the standard but surpass the fucking standard so like i always wanted to fucking make sure like i would be good at what i did right. so like i was always like fucking doing rough marches just shit like that like i didn't always i didn't go to the fucking bar like i wasn't one of the dudes cause, so like i was kind of shunned upon because like when i was in the fucking fleet i was always doing i was working out doing stuff like oh you don't want to fucking drink with us like take your right. two and I'm like this fucking boot PFC like <laughs> like no dude like I don't think that at all like so they're like shunning me because I'm like doing all this other shit oh yeah I was, I was actually um in the sniper platoon until I got kicked the fuck out mm. uh, I got kicked out because I broke my fucking knee man how'd you get in the sniper platoon um so like I did the in dock and stuff um every all the the like literally the first like when I first got out of the um when i first did my fucking um so let me backtrack because this is like too far into the story but when i um almost when i first got in the fleet probably like this second ish month yeah um staff sergeant baker was like one of our platoon sergeants at the time he was like a, a sniper a hog like he did everything any sniper school he had done all that shit nice. he's asking like guys in the platoon he's like hey do y'all want to y'all want to go into the sniper platoon they're asking for bodies like i want to do it that sounds that sounds cool like i'm i'm interested right i go do the end doc i'm good and like one of the um because you know you run everywhere you're running so it was like me a dude named saborski and like swan rat we're all like all of us are running around everywhere with our fucking pack on we're good and i i I go to do like a pft and um dude i ran like a 30 minute fucking pft dude and like i'm like feeling it. like my knee is like fucked up but i'm not oh, I'm stupid i'm stupid because i don't say anything man and um it was it was dumb of me but i didn't know any fucking better and um you're talking I, about the three mile yeah just a regular pft man like oh, a shit and i was running dude i was running so like, your knee was fucked up you couldn't run yeah i was running like 18 minute um PFT i was gonna say yeah 19 right but somehow i got like a, a hairline fracture in my knee mm. um I didn't fucking say anything. I knew yeah. it was an issue. Like in the back of my head, I knew it was an issue because I slept on the, a top rack like this in my barracks room. Right. One of my buddies, his name was Williams. Um, I would, I would like hobble up there after like a day of like you know swimming in the pool or whatever. Yeah. And, shit. and I'm like, man, I'm like trying to get up there. And my knees are like locking up and shit. I'm like, I don't know what's wrong, dude. Like I'm, huh. I can't get up there. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. And, um. Yeah. I I I got dropped out of the platoon because they're like, yeah, you need to get that fixed. Or basically just 
figure it out. Right. So I got dropped for that. Um, went back to my to my regular platoon, and um, it was just one of those things, man. Like it wasn't a deal breaker or anything. I still deployed on time, right. which I was extremely thankful for. I didn't want that to be like out of the. I was I was never a guy that wanted to like. Oh, I could get out of deployment because my fucking knee is broke, dude. Like, yeah, fuck that. Just, yeah, I was just happy that it fixed itself. Like I was good. And I, I went to like, I saw the same day, like I went to the BAS after that PFT or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, you need to go get x-rays. This isn't a fucking hospital, dude. So they told me to get the fuck out and go to the hospital. Or whatever. <laughs> nice. I'm like, all right, whatever, dude. Yeah. And, um, I don't know any better anyways. So like I go to the hospital or whatever, they x-ray it and shit. This is like on Lejeune. Um, they fucking, they're like, yeah, your shit's already like healing, dude. Like there's not really anything we can do for him. Like sweet. They're like, how long has, <laughs> have you been feeling like this? I'm like, yeah. no, dude. Like, my whole body's been in pain like six months. <laughs> right. Dude, I don't fucking know, man. Like, and um, I was just pissed off at that point. I was like, fuck, dude, just like, and then you end up like, I end up going back to my platoon, like, oh, look who came back, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, now I got to deal with these motherfuckers. Dude. <laughs> like, it wasn't like hard feelings, which was cool, but right. like, always the jokes and shit. Oh, and, yeah. Um, I get back and um, go back to third platoon and Charlie Company or whatever. And um, I, I mean, I already knew those those guys really well. Those are all like my boot camp fucking guys that I went through with and shit, like my peers, and then the the same guys and stuff. Yeah, that was good that I went back. Um, I was on light duty for like a month, so I had to like do fucking fire watching the field and like right get shitted on for that. But it wasn't like terrible, <laughs> like it wasn't unbearable, or unbearable or anything. So right, um, I do all that. Then fast tracked back where we were at was like twenty nine palms or whatever. Mm-hmm. like um i'm still in the same platoon all healed up good after like a month or whatever went by they tell us we're going to Sangin. i know this story is like fucked up now because i just went back and forth with it oh no i'm yeah i'm keeping up but um they're like yeah blah 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 um going here get ready for it so like we're already about to leave um 29 palms we get back have the parties and stuff get done with leave come back um, I mean, I, I mean, I was ready at like 29 Palms to just deploy, man. Like I was, right. that's what I got in the Marine Corps for it. And it's not like oh, I wanted just a combat deployment. I just wanted to do something, man. Like, cause like, what are we training for? What's everyone in the whole Marine Corps training for so hard? Like to just not do anything with it. Yeah. If you don't use it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we get to, um, what is that airfield man up north? Like, I don't even remember, man. Whatever the airfield like north of Lejeune is, um, Cherry Point. Oh, Cherry Point, yeah. Yeah. So like we we all get bussed up, you know. There's like that big dramatic thing where like everyone's waving by and you're on the white buses and shit. Oh shit! It's like a big fucking bus tri- bus like um like a convoy. Yeah, a convoy of yeah big, like six or seven um, buses of like the whole like company of guys going to deploy or battalion or whatever. Right. Um, you know, there's like girls and stuff like flash in their titties. <laughs> like, everyone's just, you know, it's just fucking crazy. Dude. Like, yeah, like a big fucking rock star party, man. Like, and it, it's, it's really cool. There's like babies and stuff getting held up to the buses and shit. Like, right. All that stuff, dude. So it's like a big emotional fucking thing, like all that. And then it just like dwindles back down. So like yep. you're all on the bus, like, 
let's do a fucking iPod or whatever for the next hour and a two hours. Right. It's dead. It's dead by the time you get to fucking Cherry Point. <laughs> now you're yeah. fucking at Cherry Point. We're all just fucking throwing rocks at each other. Yep. And um, get on. We all get there. Get our gear set up. Loaded onto a fucking plane. It's all like commercial, like um, regular aircrafts. So like, of course, all the fucking boots. Doesn't matter how fucking who it is. Like all the boots are like loading the fucking plane. So we all get down there, and start getting all the fucking stuff. I'm like, oh fuck, man, here we go. Like all the battalion stuff or the company stuff's got to get loaded on this plane. So we're all down there, like all fourteen of the boots from the whole fucking. You're like, like, I already know how to do this. Yeah, I know. It's like one of those things is weird because um, my family's like big into aviation, so like, um not he's not my brother but i always call my brother cody his dad was actually a contractor for omni like one of the airliners that would like transport us over for like a flight mechanic gotcha and i'm like going down there like walking below the ramp or whatever and i see him standing there i'm like what the fuck are you doing here like and he's like oh i'm the flight mechanic or whatever for the this bird i'm like sweet i'm like gonna fly on here with you (laughs) nice sweet and um you know we're like talking and stuff and then um we all get done loading it, go back up top. He's like, makes this fucking announcement over the, um, over the radio. It's like, yes, my fucking, my nephew on the plane, like blah, blah, blah. He's like, almost <laughs> hyping him up and shit. He's like, oh God, dude, I'm about to get fucking hazed hard as shit. Yeah, you are. Like, Don't say that <laughs> shit, man. Like, and, um, no, I was cool, dude. I mean, there's, there's a lot of dudes like they're, they have like bottles of fucking everything on the plane. Like, Nice. All the, the flight attendants are like super cool, like on the plane. They're like doing anything you want, like just giving you all the food, all the fucking drinks, anything you can imagine. We're like, oh, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So my experience was way different when I went to uh, Okinawa. So we flew to Okinawa. We went to, uh, they flew us from, well, where I was out of uh, Cleveland, Ohio to uh, LAX, from LAX to uh, Anchorage, Alaska. And then from Anchorage to Japan, which was like an 18 hour flight. Yeah. And it was a military flight. So we had to be in dress uniform. You know? <laughs> so I'm in my fucking alphas, which everyone hates. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, and this fucking jumbo jet. And uh, it was the boringest shit. Now, this is, you know, 1990s. So yeah. there's no iPods. There's no, you know, we had back then we had Walkmans. Yeah. CD Walkman or, uh, yeah. It wasn't even, was it CD? Yeah, CD Walkmans. But um, a lot of people still had cassette tapes, you know, back then. But uh, so we couldn't take any of that shit on the plane. So we're sitting there like, you know, hands on the (laughs) knees. And there's like a fucking colonel next to me. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) Oh, it was the most uncomfortable, boring, quiet, uh, hot flight. <clears throat> that I've ever been on in my life, you know, but 18 hours, man, that's yeah. fucking that's so, crazy. uh, but yeah, that was, it was not, we didn't have like, like that, you know? No, we lucked out, man. Like I, that's I, cool. It, was, it wasn't bad at all. Like we, I mean, uh, dude, everyone had like a drinking problem it, for my peer group, not my peer group, but yeah, like all my, I guess, I don't know how to explain it. Like my, my senior like like team leaders like the yeah. they've already deployed at least once they all had like super fucked up problems i'm not even gonna lie to you like they had drug problems alcohol yeah. problems i would say like 90 
probably like 85, 90% of them, they all had, because their first, their deployment before that to now is I was kind of fucked up. So I didn't, I mean, I don't know what the fuck's going on, man. Like I just got into the right Marine Corps fresh, no clue, like what to expect and like mental health. Like I don't, yeah, I have no idea. Like I'm, I'm clueless, man. Like I'm not going to lie. Right. So I didn't know what was going on with these dudes until we got overseas and they're like opening up kind of a little bit, telling us about their first deployments, telling us about their lives. Cause like as a junior Marine, like when you come into the fleet, like you're getting fucking hazed, dude. You're getting trained. You're doing what you're expected of at the least. And it's it's just one of those things where like you don't ask questions, you know, like no. so we're, we're all like out of most of our peer group, we're all really solid. Like all my guys that I went through SOI and stuff with, one of them cried hazing. Well, two, I think two of them cried hazing, dude. And um one of them got out. He like over overdosed on ibuprofen or something. He didn't die or anything, but right. Like we found him in the parking lot. We're like, what the fuck, man? Like he, oh, he had some issues or whatever. Um, I'm not saying it's wrong or anything, but right. I don't I don't know what his deal was, dude. And another guy cried it, but he stayed on that deployment with us somehow. Yeah. And that's like another topic that I, I can't get into on here. But we um, had uh we had two guys, they were twins, twin brothers in boot camp that uh I guess from what we heard, they they got out, they got out of boot camp. Uh, and they did the same thing about the hazing stuff or whatever. Yeah. And they, uh, their, they, somehow we heard of their mom knew the governor of their state or whatever, <laughs> whatever state they were from knew the governor. I don't know, but, um, anyway, and so they were just, they left, you know, yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Cause you can't just, you know. Hey, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, yeah, fuck you, bitch, work, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> you're stuck now, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, you ain't going nowhere, man. You're, you're there. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, how long of a flight was that when you guys uh, went? Um, so it was like, so Cherry Point to like Ireland. I think it was Cherry Point to like Ireland. Hang on. Oh shit! Nice. You're doing something weird. So that was really. Um, that was really cool because we got to drink Guinness, man. And it like tasted really fucking good. Oh, nice. So we got to have, um, we stayed there for like, like maybe eight hours, five or five, six, seven, eight yeah. hours like that. Oh, that's cool. Um, they refuel and do all this other shit. Right. And it's like, um, I think it's like Ireland to Germany. Like it's not a long flight. I don't think a couple hours. I don't know why the fuck we stop again. I have no clue what's going on. Cause we right. were like for like eight oh, yeah. or nine hours. And like you're already into like one of those weird gray areas where you've been traveling so long. Yeah. Like you said, man, like you're traveling so long. Yeah. Zoning out. Yeah. Dudes are like got bottles like whiskey and tequila, (laughs) whatever. Like we're all just drinking shit just to like pass out on the fucking plane. Right. Um, we wake up like in one of these places and like don't know what's going on. Drink some more fucking liquor or beer there. Right. And go to the next place. Like the next place is like fucking Germany. Things like Germany to um, like Kyrgyzstan or whatever. Then Kyrgyzstan's where we stay for like two or three weeks. Mm. It's a fucking weird ass place, man. Like that, I think it's like an airbase. I don't, I forgot the real name. Yeah, the airbase there. Um, but it's like the um, a transfer for all every major troop movement. Oh, okay. Doesn't matter like what branch. Well, I guess it matters because like there's mostly Marines there. Yeah, there's the like Army guys and like Air Force because it's an Air Force base. But um, 
someone was telling me like the, the army goes through Kuwait or something and said, I don't fucking know. Oh, like, okay. It works. Um, but we were all like through Kyrgyzstan at the time. And, um, it was like one of those places like Alaska where it stays dark for like extended periods of time. Oh shit. Like we land and it's dark. Really? You get there. It's like freezing fucking cold. It's the winter time. And, um, you get off, like see your breath, and like you get a re- like a reality check, like oh here's the the real world again after flying for so long because you right. do stuff like everything gets offloaded, all your gear and shit gets offloaded because we're still flying like a private, like a regular um, airline, like a okay a standard airline. So like that yeah. lands, everything gets offloaded. Dudes get off, go to like these weird hooches. They're like this shit, like fucking racks set up everywhere. Yeah, um, it's like. I'll not, I'm not going to forget that the racks that we stay as like hotel California was yeah. like our, um, our hooch is what the name of it was. So nice. like we get out there, um, stay there for two weeks. There's a gym, chow hall, fucking everything you need basically. Yeah. But we fucking, and it's that fucking air force, man. Like they got everything like bro. The chow halls are open 24 hours a day. No shit. We're just like scavengers. So like we're going in there like two in the fucking morning. They have like <laughs> these racks, like, just everything like i'm talking about chips and like candy bars just stuff you don't even need this stuff or like we're all going in there oh that's like, wild our cargo pockets up like right having this stuff like the drinks are like in an open refrigerator so you just go in there and just grab all these drinks <laughs> dude our all our hooch like for our platoon we had like our own like freaking chow hall in there because we had so much <laughs> that we took from there dude it was ridiculous oh that's it, crazy yeah it was ridiculous man but um they had a bar, like the Air Force had a bar, and they had like this weird look, like you can only drink two beers when you're here, like oh, okay. blah, blah, blah. So like that obviously was never like a fucking thing. Cause like I guess they didn't really enforce it that much until like someone did something that was not supposed to happen. Right. Like, if there's a fight or something. Yeah. Whatever. Um but yeah, they I mean it was it was just like a just one of those another standby time so like we're there gotcha. for weeks going to the fucking gym constantly or yeah on the run or prep your fucking gear like whatever you know what's going on and just just waiting because like i'm just a fucking lance corporal at the time dude i don't know yeah shit. like i'm going in here like no no fucking clue like just waiting to to deploy basically and hell yeah um, after our time's up there we um kind of for me and like our guys, like that were in SOI and shit with us, we were fucking. I think that solidified it because we got to go on like a C one thirty, so okay. like we're finally on like on a real military aircraft, right? Like oh sweet, like we're getting on this shit. They're flying. We're flying to um to Leatherneck on a like a C one thirty or whatever. You know that's from Kyrgyzstan. It's not even like a long flight. I think it was only a couple hours. Deep. So however far it won, it wasn't that bad at all. It right. was super short. I think it was for me, it was more of a culture shock because I didn't know what to expect and I didn't want to like fall mm. asleep, dude. Right. And um we get there and land. It's like the daytime there. So I finally can see the fucking sunlight. Holy shit. Cool. Because it's yeah. been dark the whole time for the most part in Kyrgyzstan. Yeah. And um it's like one of those things where like you're in the movies, bro, and like you're walking off the plane, like you smell like this certain aroma that you don't fucking forget. <laughs> like, in Afghanistan, you're like like, man, it smells really weird, dude. I've never smelled this smell before. Yeah. Like all these different fucking, fucking, all these emotions and, like, different catalysts going on of, like, how you feel and, like, looking around at stuff. Like, there's mountains and shit everywhere. And 
it's just one of those things that was always like fucking excited and fucking ready to like do my job and stuff. Right. Um, it was really cool, man. And we went to our tents or whatever. Same thing, like in fucking Kyrgyzstan, dude. Like literally the same fucking thing. We got all of our gear, walked to this fucking tent, and it's uh, it's still the. I mean, it's the winter time still. So like, we're there in the winter. Um, it's not hot at all, but it's not cold either. Okay. So like we go um, get our stuff set up and um, just put it down. Like the team leaders and squad leaders are like gone for the most part. So like we're just fucking off, man. Like all the the regular dudes are just fucking off, like in the tents doing stuff, um, just hanging out, going to the chow hall. And this is, um, far for like a week in yeah. Leatherneck. And like, I mean, dude, Leatherneck is a fucking city, bro. Like, I don't, I mean, I'm talking like, if you've been to Camp Lejeune before, yeah, you could like replicate that and then put it in Afghanistan. That's the same. No, it was the same thing. Cause like, Holy not, everyone, shit. not everyone's deployment is the same deployment. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like Leatherneck had Camp Bastion inside of it, which was like a UK base, like inside of the Marine Corps base. So like they're they didn't have to stay in any kind of post or not. Like we didn't never stay in any post there either. But like the people that stayed like permanently permanent residents of yeah Leatherneck, they had to do stuff. But we were just there for the time being. So it's huge. Oh, it's massive, dude. Damn, that's crazy. It's so okay. big. So like, there's chow halls everywhere. We're like uncontrollable, like going to all these different chow halls. Going, to like, <laughs> there's dudes like going to like these other chicks, fucking tents. All I'm not gonna get into it. But, like, it's, like <laughs> madness for like all these other guys, man. Like, so oh, like, yeah, it's fucking crazy, bro. Like, it's it's literally a city, mm-hmm. and like this fucking base, bro. And it's so many fucking different units there. The army, air force, everything you can think of there. Yeah. So that's wild. Okay. I heard uh, they're. They don't have alcohol over there, right? Not allowed to drink oh, yeah, over there. Do, dude. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, um, okay, kinda. So they had like um, the you you know the the British guys. We we worked with the British guys a lot. They had alcohol at their like the at, at Camp Bastion. So like we would go to Camp Bastion or whatever because they had like a, yeah. a full service bar basically. You know they had that over there, and um. A lot of dudes would go over there and drink and stuff. I, it's like I wasn't really like big into drinking at that right. time, anyways. Um, I am. I still. I mean, today, like I'm, I very moderately drink now. Yeah, I have like an alcohol problem, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, but yeah, there there was um, there was ways for dudes to like get alcohol if they needed it. And, oh, okay. They wanted to get like bottles and stuff. Like I've always heard. I've always heard guys, uh, you know, veterans that we're in uh, Afghanistan. They talk about, yeah, there's no uh, alcohol over there and, you know, we can't drink. And, you know, I guess, you know, it depends on where they were at. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. We would have, um, so a lot of the dudes would get, um, excuse me, care packages sent over. This was like the, always the secret to like send a care package of like hand sanitizer, but dump the hand sanitizer out, put whatever you wanted in there. So like make sure it's all wrapped back up. Yeah, I, I've never done any of this stuff before, man. Yeah, it's yeah. What we received. Yeah, we want to know the like, secret, bro. How yeah, we... that's that's the secret, man. Like, so the secret's like one of those big jugs. What, I, I, no, those it was, big ass things of uh, hand sanitizer. Yeah, that or like mouthwash. So like hand sanitizer, uh, okay. and mouthwash. Like they're using the same like containers, wrapping them up, 
and we had like Facebook and like stuff like that, like at our fobs and they're like, and this is stuff they already knew, man. Like they, this was these dudes already second deployment, second or third deployment for a lot right. of our senior guys that were letting us like drink with them and stuff. And, um, they're like, yeah, this is, um, this is like whiskey in here or whatever. And it's in a fucking like, you know, it's in like a hand sanitizer bottle and it's like <laughs> something stupid like this, dude. Like it's like in something like this, like, <laughs> we're sitting by like this fire and he's like drinking out of it. And we're like, all just looking at him like, all right. And then we get in like, oh shit, this really is like some, some whiskey or bourbon or whatever. Like, right. So there, there was like, um, that was really like the only other way to get it was to actually have somebody like mail it to you and yeah. do like some weird janky shit like that. Gotcha. So, so you spent, uh, you spent five years in the core, uh, you get out Now, do you go after you get out, do you go right back to, uh, your hometown. Um, so like when I first separated from the Marine Corps, I actually got lucky because I did like a welding school. It's so like, I went to this welding school while I was still active duty because this would have been my coming of like my third deployment. Yeah. And I was still like teetering, like if I wanted to stay in or not in gotcha. my head, but it was like one of those times where like I had been doing so much shit as a squad leader and other stuff. I was, I want, I'm not going to say I was getting tired, but I, I just wanted more family time. Yeah. And I wanted to do something else. Like I wanted to, to just experience something different. Now, were you, were you married at the yeah, time? So like I got married. after uh-huh. fourth deployment. Gotcha. Okay. I had my son like shortly after probably. Oh yeah. 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 After that. Yep. Yeah. See, I did the same thing. We, uh, we got married. I had uh, almost two years left. And then, uh, when reenlistment came up or, you know, where they start talking to you about it, I'm, I'm really weighing the options, uh, because I loved the core. I mean, I hated it, but I loved it. You know, I hated all the, the, formality shit you know yeah. the inspections and the whatever just the downtime stuff but uh you know we wanted to start a family young and my first duty station in okinawa i'm you know most of the time okinawa is uh it's either your first or your last you know so uh, half of us that were there it was their last and so they'd already been in you know three and a half years whatever and they're they're married uh got a kid you know, back home in the States. And you know, I saw so much shit, like how many, you know, they're getting divorced, their wives are, yeah. their wives are leaving them. They're, they're cheating on them. You know, they're just like in the movie, uh, Jarhead, you know, yeah. where the dude gets the, the video of his wife yeah. fucking his friend, um, you know, similar shit like that. And I'm going, I'm going, man, I don't, if I re up, they're going to send me back to Okinawa for a year. And I just got married. Yeah. So, uh, Anyway, but I ended up getting out, uh, but that was, you know, a big, we wanted to start a family. That was a big part of our decision was, Hey, I don't want to be gone this whole time. Uh, it's a rough life, man. Like to balance, yeah. like I really, I know a couple guys that have been in like 15, 20 years still in active duty and they have, you know, and they have a full family that they balance this whole thing. Like, bro, that is that is a, a very intense yeah. lifestyle, you know? No, it's, I think that was one, was like a breaking point for me. Cause like yeah. after my second deployment, cause I did an Oki rotation too. And, um, my son, he, he was like, um, 
I, it was just weird, dude, because I, I really didn't spend any time with my son for yeah. the whole time that I was in the Marine Corps. So it was like, it, it wasn't, to me, that was like a breaking point. I was like, man, this isn't worth it. Dude. Like, if my son isn't going to fucking recognize me after a deployment, like, yeah. what am I, like, what am I even doing this for? Like, you know, right. if I'm going to say it's like for my family or it's for my country or to better myself or it's, I mean, I, it's like I said, I, I always enjoyed my time in the Marine Corps, but it, it, to me, I was just like, fuck, man, like, we're not deploying anywhere to like, it's like you said, you're, you're going to go to Oki again. Like, yeah, that was for me, what was kind of hard too, because our third, like our, my potential third deployment was supposed to be like a black sea rotation. And, um, it was interesting to me, man. Cause like, I was like, Oh, that sounds, that sounds like it might be fun, dude. Like right. it's not a place that I've been to. And like, they're doing like fast roping. They're like putting all these guys through like Hearst master school. And shit oh like shit. That. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone does that course before they leave. One of the fucking birds crashes before it. So like I'm in oh, the shit. school and they like one of my buddies calls me. It's another squad leader. He's like, Yeah, one of the birds crashed, dude. Like someone fucking died, man, like doing that shit. I don't oh, I don't remember the the whole like thing about right. it. That was like fucking um twenty fifteen ish, twenty fourteen, yeah. twenty fifteen or whatever. Um he either died or got like really injured like really bad because like right. flopped like fucking smacked the ground and came back up or something i don't know yeah but um that was just like a third party source i didn't i wasn't there or anything um yeah and all that all that stuff sounded like really interesting man like to, right to on that deployment but i ended up going to like a welding school instead which um like it was it was a good opportunity but i didn't like pursue any welding careers when i got out of the marine corps i got really yeah. qualified and I got like a bunch of schooling and seven or eight different qualifications to be a pipe welder. Damn. Didn't use any of it when I got out. I were you welder. were you interested in that? Is that something you wanted to do or um kind of not really? I, to be like my the honest answer is like yes, I was like really interested in like working with my hands. So like I've always liked to be outdoors and like work with my hands and shit like that. Right. But um I wanted to use it to like start a business. So like a different agenda kind of yeah. to get a job. Cause like they would put you into a job, like right after it with the, the unions and different like right. cities and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you go straight to wherever you live and you'll get a job there with all your qualifications. Cause like everyone's like super, like all the Marines in the course are all active duty guys. They're all either guys that are like retiring or like me, like getting out after their first or second enlistment. Yeah. But they all want to be there. So like, it's all like super big boy rules. It's like a fucking nine to five. Like you said, it's just a job basically at that point. Right. My hair is long as fuck. I haven't shaved in like two weeks, dude. <laughs> no one looks like fucking Marines anymore. Um, which was cool. Cause then I could just do whatever I wanted. And like, right. so that was cool. Um, but I didn't, I know a lot of guys that pursued the job and like went to those unions and like, they're doing a lot of cool stuff, but I, I didn't, I didn't want to do that as a job. I didn't, yeah. I'm not, I didn't hate welding. I, lo- I like to weld, man. Like it was really cool. And I'm right. glad I got the experience I did, but, um, it's a really rough job on your body, man. Like, sure. We were so like pipe welding for us. We were like nonstop, like seven, eight hours a day, like nonstop in our booths, like just fucking grinding away or welding away. Yeah. Like, it tears your body up, man. So it's, it's pretty rough. Um, that wasn't a reason why that I didn't want to do it. I just wasn't really interested in it. Yeah. Um, there was dudes like making fucking swords and stuff in there, like <laughs> nice. crazy shit. Because there's a couple other infantry guys in there and shit, and they're all like doing just crazy stuff, man. Yeah, it was really cool to see dudes make stuff like that. 
And that was more the aspect that I wanted because I wanted to start like a, um, a, a vehicle, like fabrication center, like as a business when I got out. And um, I kind of lost my interest in that man after doing it so long in the Marine Corps. Like, yeah, that was like one of my hobbies to like work on vehicles and trucks and cars and, gotcha. and stuff like that. It's like a big car gang of just a bunch of random Marines that we all had like kind of would meet up and like hang out and go to the Nopi shows and stuff like that. No, I like a big Tahoe, like an eight inch lift on it. It was all fun, dude. And, um, no, I just lost my interest in it, man. It's like, but but really by the time of the welding school that I graduated it, I just, it's like, no, I'm good. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to pursue that or like a, a business with, um, working on cars, man. I just kind of, so how did, how did you go from all of that to, uh, doing what you're doing now? So explain what, what your business is and how you started it. Um, it's like, really, man, I, so I went back when I got out of the Marine Corps, um, moved in with my parents for a couple of weeks. So it was me, my son, which was probably like three or four at the time, no yeah. more than four or five. Dude. He's um, him and my wife were living in like our upstairs in my freaking um, of my parents' house, which is like a big, sweet type thing it's it's a lot of room but it was like too compacted for to have all of us in there man so i didn't really right. that either um i was working at like security jobs doing like private security work so like i worked for this security firm in atlanta um kind of like juggling money around to try to, to just save up and do that because i didn't have like a va rating at all and, yeah um, i didn't really i'll be honest man i didn't expect to get anything back from the marine corps so like I was like, sweet. Like, I'm probably not getting shit. Like, cool. Like, I, I didn't, I never like put that into my plan where like I would get anything back. Right. So I'm working all these fucking different jobs at like security, like doing personal security for people, working at fucking bars, whatever, you know, like stuff like that. And, um, it fucking sucked, dude. Like, I was broke as shit. I was doing <laughs> that. And like, yeah. it, I worked back at Delta Airlines as well. And, um, you know, I was like, damn, this is sucks, dude. Like, this is fucking terrible, man. It's miserable. Yeah. And, um, I'm just working nonstop. And um, I started making fucking paracord bracelets. Like, just stupid, man. Like, I'm not going to say it's stupid, but like. Yeah, what made you. You were just, it was like a, just something you started doing out of the blue. Yeah. So, like, I just started randomly doing that, man. And um, I've always been, like, big into gear stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I was interested in it. But I. I don't know, man. Like I, I kind of would go to like army Navy stores around like the force park one and other stuff and like hang out with them and like look at stuff. And oh, obviously like avid into guns and stuff like building ARs, stuff like that. I've always been in that, that the aspect of where I enjoyed being around, you know, pro two a guys, stuff like that. And just, you know, the camaraderie of it basically. Right. Um, between that and then like that's gonna be kind of hard, but um basically like losing a couple guys overseas, I, I kind of wanted to to keep giving back and to cause I, I I was never like satisfied, you know, like I always got out like this is enough, dude. Like I'm not like being I feel like I was never being challenged enough when I got out. Right. And, like I could do something else like with my time other than just do what I'm doing now when I'm out. So right. like I did like this hike for um Steve Sutton, one of the guys that we lost, he's from Leesburg. So like he, um, he lives south of us 
And, um, you know, I met him like as a junior Marine, we went to like some Intel courses together that they'll make you go through when you first like deploy. And, um, he's like, Oh yeah, I'm from Georgia. It's like this big, massive motherfucker, like six, seven. He's a mortarman. Damn. Like he played, um, football, all that stuff. Yeah. Student. And, um, anyways, like that's when we first like made contact and stuff. Um, I saw that and, story on your uh, blog. So I was looking at your website for your company, uh, you know, Green Wolf Tactical, and you had a blog section on there. I was like, oh, let me check this out. And I'm scrolling through and I see that when I clicked on it, I started reading it. Uh, very cool. Very cool, man. You, do you write all that stuff yourself? Um, yeah. Yeah. No shit. There's probably a lot of typos in there, man. No, probably man. It's, uh, it's, it's well written. It's good. I have a couple of people that helped me like between um, a female Marine that was like our, um, our neighbor, her name was Liz and our apartments that we lived at. We keep in contact still her, my wife and um, my mom sometimes are like, yeah, you spelled that wrong. Like go fix that shit. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so like all the stuff on the website, I just gave them like basically all of them have like access to all my right social media stuff they so go like, in there and grammar that. grammar police yeah. your stuff yeah that's good to have <laughs> yeah so I, I do type stuff wrong like regularly man so i'm always like sitting here like typing emails and like looking at them like is that fucked up or not like <laughs> all right like yeah but the point is you do it and your blog has a bunch of stuff on there and that that uh story about your buddy you know that you guys lost over there um that hike like you had the maps uh, all yeah. the different pictures of the maps, whatever, you know, like the whole, uh, whatever oh, leg the of the hike. One. Yeah. Dude, that was cool, man. It's very cool. Did you, you guys, you guys started that on your own? Yeah. No yeah, shit. Like the first year I did it was like extremely unorganized. Like it was not, it wasn't organized. Like the, probably the one you're talking about. Cause that, that one you're probably referencing to, I had two other individuals come with me and they were both like Marsoc Marines. So like, I was like, dude, I have to make sure all this shit's like in accordance. Cause like in my head, I already, I've done this like three or four times. So like, I know, yeah. I know what I'm going to do. Right. Like, I know like, this is where I'm going to stop. This is where I'm going to get water, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, yeah, I'm going to make sure this is all like well-written just so there's not any unorganization. And like, he's like, oh yeah, I know we're going to like stop at this X spot over here and eat or do whatever. So, right. But, um, now the first year I did it, it fucking sucked, dude. I'm not going to lie. Like, I got exactly what I wanted. Like I was broke. You fuck off, man. Like I was fucking tired, dude. No one was tired. Was my, my feet were fucking done, dude. Like they were. Toast. I'm sure. So, um, how long of a hike is that? It took me like 48 hours. So like, um, <laughs> oh man, I forgot how far it was. It's like 80 something miles. And then, wow. Uh, Holy the, shit. The first night I remember calling my wife and I was like in this fucking really like sketchy hotel in the middle, like middle Georgia. And um, it's like some Indian guy behind like a glass, like little <laughs> right thing. Uh-huh. And it, it's like fucking two in the morning, bro. Like I've already moved like forty miles probably, and I walk up. I'm wearing like fucking camis, dude. Like right, a, a fucking skivvy shirt and like a ruck. I look fucking stupid as shit. And I walk up by myself to this dude. I'm like, hey, I need a room for tonight. He's like, are you on a mission? And he says it in like this Indian accent. I'm like, yeah. He's like, you're okay. Rambo coming through yeah. the town. Okay. <laughs> and he's like, okay, give me $20. So I'm like, sweet. So I give him like my card or whatever. He runs it and shit. 
like hobble to the room. I just like fall into this bed and like oh, take yeah. all this shit off, dude. I look at my feet. I'm like, oh god, this is terrible. I like don't look at them. <laughs> I'm like in the shower and like I can feel every single cut and like blister on my feet. I'm like, oh fuck. I'm, oh like, Jesus. Crying on the inside. I'm like, fuck, man. Like this is horrible. Yeah. But yeah, I, I call my wife. I was like. I'm I'm pretty um I'm hurting pretty bad right now. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. It wasn't like my my body, but like my feet were just fucked up, man. It was I'm um, sure quite a learning experience. So right over over time, man, I, I definitely learned not proper foot care, but how to like avoid a lot of that stuff. Yeah, and um, just different ways. So how it. you guys have done that same march or uh, hike or whatever? How many years now? I think that four or five like four no shit yeah and you're getting more more and more people yeah i didn't do it um this year we didn't do it last year we did it with two other guys that um that came and one one was he was he was kind of like a gypsy his name is aaron he just he lived all over this guy in itself is like a fucking monster because he was telling me um it wasn't the first time that i met aaron either um the first time i met him was for like another hike and it was like the hike for the um, the Mississippi plane crash. Oh. So like that that hike consisted of um, basically we started in Mississippi and went to like Camp Lejeune. It's like fucking holy shit. Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't as bad as you think, dude. Because there was like That's eight eight or nine teams far. that like rotated like back and forth. So there's right. like a good it was a good um, downtime and stuff. So it wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, that dude, Aaron, he's really cool, man. He um, he went straight into like Marsoc, man. It's like I guess he's this weird unicorn that um, no one's ever heard of. That just went straight into into that shit. Huh. Usually, it takes like um, one enlistment before you're eligible to go into Marsoc. So, oh, okay, he, I learned a lot from him about that, like how he had it rough, man, because he because he had that um experience. But the other guy, um, Josh, he's a really close friend as well. Um, Josh Negron, he, um, he went with me and he's, um, he was a, a, a recon guy first. He was an LAR and then he went to recon. Gotcha. And then he went to Marsoc or whatever. And, um, they both, they killed it, man. Like the whole hike, they murdered me, dude. Like the first day, like, <laughs> they're like, died. what, what, why, why are you slowing down? Like, yeah. we're not even, we're not even halfway there. What's wrong with you? Yeah, they murdered me, man. Like, <laughs> I was fucking dying of, like, dehydration in the beginning. Because we did it in, like, the worst fucking time. Because it was, like, the middle of the summer. Yeah. And um, I stayed up late watching, a, like, a Navy SEAL documentary of the Extortion 17 crash. Oh, shit. And I was asking, like, yo, come watch this shit with me, dude. And then I'm like, come watch this. And they're like, no, nah, we're going to bed. So I'm, like, back here in the workshop. I'm like, watch. Because there's a, there's a TV right here also. Gotcha. And I'm like, I'm back here with my wife partially. And I think she fell asleep. Dude, I'm, like, deep into this shit. Like, watching it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, watching this shit. Dude, I look at the clock. It's, like, three or four in the morning. I'm like, oh, oh God. Man, I got to be up in, like, four or five hours, bro. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I I didn't, like, fuck up. But I just did it with, like, minimal sleep when I first started. So I fucked up in that aspect. Then I didn't drink enough water, but um, hell yeah, I didn't like fall out or anything, dude. Like, right. I'm always proud of that because, like, I never like not just that case, but like ever. Like, yeah. I never, um, yeah, like, I never fell out of anything in the, in the core. Yep. But no. Nah, so yeah, when did you fun. decide to start uh, your business that you have now? Um, it's like it was kind of like a growing thing, man. Where I, 
I think that I, when I had first started it, it was, um, you're doing these, uh, you're, you're doing these paracord things out of the blue yeah, yeah, yeah. and then. Yeah. So like, like I'm, I'm, I'm doing that and I'm like taking these bracelets to work to like at Delta and like other places to sell them, dude. Cause I'm, yeah. and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing that stuff. I'm like, I could do this, man. Like, I could, could be a fucking salesman. Like I can, I can do this stuff. This isn't hard. And, um, it's one of those things where it, it progressed into other stuff. Like I'm making, um, like unit hats for guys like doing stuff like that. I don't have any machines. So I'm like going to fucking lids making uh, a hat that they want and stuff like that. Yeah. But man, I got to get like some, something to do this, like legitimately, like I need to like make this a thing. Yeah. So I'm on fucking like vacation or something. With my family, this is like 2017, like 2016 or 2017. Yeah. And I was like, Kendra, I got to go buy a machine for, for doing this stuff. And like, um, one of the first machines I bought, I still have it, man. It's got, I think it has like a million hours on it. Of Holy something. Sh- yeah, something ridiculous, dude. Yeah. My brother, my brother-in-law, the guy you're talking about, we were looking at all the machines and we we're bringing up the stitch counts and stuff. And um, he's like, yeah, this one's got like a million something hours on it. I'm like, yeah, I'll put some <laughs> hours through that shit. bitch. Dude. Yeah. And we got like brother, like all the machines are brother machines except for one. And it's a Racoma. It's the bastard child. It fucking sucks. I would never <laughs> recommend that machine to anyone. Um, but yeah, dude, I was all day. I was running all these things, man. Like, I think I made like 500 hats today. And, um, damn. Yeah. I just, I don't know, man. I, I enjoy, it's like more of the camaraderie to me. Like I still enjoy talking to people that are still in the Marine Corps, right. Whatever branch they're in. And like, Hey, I know that guy. Like, you know, this guy, like, yeah. How was it? Boot camp with him? Like blah, blah, blah. Like there's all like kinds of different camaraderie aspect for it for like when you go to events and you meet people like um this time last year there's a SWAT roundup in like Orlando and I met a guy named Moore that I've known through my whole career in the Marine Corps. He's an assaultman and um he don't have social media because he's in like a SWAT team. Oh for okay. obvious reasons because like the last couple of years right. kind of rough for police officers. No shit. So, um, he got out of the Marine Corps like a year ahead of me because I had a five year fucking contract. Okay. He's already been in his department in like Orange County in Orlando. Yeah, so the events that, and um, he's already been doing this stuff for a while, and th- I mean, this was a year ago, so like he's already been in the game for quite right some time, and um, I-, I looked and I'm like, yo, this guy looks real fucking familiar. Like you're eye fucking someone from like a couple meters away, you yeah. see it, like each other, like, yo, we like give each other this fucking bro hug. What's <laughs> up, dude? And um, it's cool, man, to like see other people like that that you haven't seen for a while and like see him doing good for themselves. So right, like one of those good things that you see. And um, it's kind of like just giving back, dude, because I, I always enjoyed like being able to to give back to the community for whatever the, the reason was. If there was like a guy that reached out and they're like, yeah, like my son was a Marine or blah, blah, blah. Like whatever right. the case is, like it doesn't even have to be something like that, dude. Like someone drove into our neighbor's fence over there, like literally two houses up, like three houses. The fences got wrapped up by this dude that stole a truck. And I want to oh, do like, a fundraiser for him, but it's like an open investigation. So I haven't like, oh, done gotcha. Yeah. Cause I don't right. want to fuck the shit up and make it worse than what it is. So, right. Um, well, that's cool though. Well, no, let me ask you something. When you get this uh, sewing machine, the, or do they call them sewing machines? Um, 
Yeah, Embroid, it's embroider machine, machine. machine. Yeah, whatever. Okay, yeah, whatever you want to call so it. So when you get this thing, uh, first of all, how do you know what to buy? And then <laughs> uh, when you get it, how did you learn how to use it? Did you have experience on those already? No, man. Like this is a foreign thing to me. So in my head, I wasn't. I'm not even gonna say I was. Th- I was thinking really that long term. Anyways, I was just thinking of how to make hats. Right. Um, and my and I didn't even know if this was a good machine that I just bought. So I yeah. bought it from like a local guy here in Fayetteville. Had no clue how to use it. Me and my wife were like trying to fuck with it at the time. Like this is during like 2017 or something like that. Yeah. I had to make my wife go pick it up because like my buddy Ortiz, a machine gunner that was in the ring for me. Um, they were talking about like Harvey or whatever, and his some of his family. He's a Hispanic dude. They're from um, Texas and like um, part of Houston and um, somewhere else in fucking Texas got hit really bad. So mm-hmm. they're like, "Yeah, we need to go out there and go help his family or something." Like all the people are flooded. I'm oh, like, cool, okay. dude, I, I want to come do that, dude. I want to come help you. Yeah, and I didn't. I, I didn't end up going with him, but I went with like a different group of guys, and um, it was really cool to do that, man. Got to um to go over there while my wife unpacked the embroidery machine and uh, <laughs> yeah and left her with that. But um no, I didn't I didn't know how to to use it at all, dude. Like I didn't yeah. know what I was doing. I was I opened like a wholesale account up with a couple places, and this is like when my my business is fresh, like got two dollars in, in the account, probably. Yeah, uh, right. Um it's really hard to like open up accounts because I'm like getting tax IDs and uh yep like registering a bunch of other stuff. So like mm-hmm. I'm just learning like how all this stuff works. So exactly. like kind of navigating the system to, to see what I got to do to, to make this work. Right. Um, yeah. Over the years I learned like quick how to, to make stuff. And, uh, okay. So it, when it, you first, <clears throat> when you first started with one machine, what after let's say a couple months or whatever, how many hats were you, or what was your first thing? Was it hats? Was that the- um, that was my my objective, man? Was to make hats. I mean, we can do like polos on there. You can do anything, really, man. Right, hats, all that stuff. Um, hats was like what I was like teetering with and like playing with all the time. Yeah, and um, you know, the needles are always breaking. I don't know what's going on. Like how to set them up is really hard because like all the hats are different. So like huh. I'm just this infantry guy, like dude, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Like, no shit, I'm like yeah. Pushing stuff around, like fuck, man. Like watching videos, like okay, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, there's no videos either for this stuff, man. Like it's not like a YouTube like one clip thing where like you could go on there and be like, oh shit, what's wrong with that? Like because it's not a common thing. Yeah, it's yeah. not like a. I mean, people have the machines, man. It's not like right. any, anyone you anyone can go buy one of these, man. It's not hard to get them, gotcha. but um, people aren't like making. <laughs> videos about them i guess because maybe you're a yeah. competitor i don't know right like whatever the case is there, there's a lot of learning factors that come involved with it so like it probably took me till like um probably like three years so like 17 probably like 18 2018 2019 yeah at least until i got really good at it dude and i was like yeah i can i can so do this you said you're putting out uh you did 500 hats today yeah probably roughly about 500 man damn Okay. I, I mean, I was working, dude. And, like I was like undisturbed, so like none of my kids were back right. here. My wife was back here for a little bit, and she helped me some. Um, but it's not it's not like that every day. Like, right? Like kids are back Still. here. Still, so stop. you guys, do you take uh, orders then, like yeah. custom hats or whatever? So 
explain that you can do uh so on your website people could go on uh green wolf tactical and and order patches uh stickers hats shirts all kinds yeah, of all shit. that stuff man so like anything you could think of like keychains patches t-shirts hoodies yeah anything flags all that stuff okay we could take care of it super easy that's awesome man it doesn't got to be like a massive order because like i said man like most of my um a lot of my customers are marines and like yeah it's not just marines like i'm not just gonna say that but right a lot of them are marines so like they only need like a dozen patches or whatever exactly or squad or whatever right so like we take smaller orders okay like a dozen hats or whatever yeah totally feasible like stuff like that i don't charge so how did you how did you end up at uh ss airsoft um so ron the owner of Riker, yeah he um he told me about it in the dude jammer aaron yeah um i know him good dude yeah he's cool man he's a cool guy like i don't know him um i didn't know him until um him well i met ron i met ron a long time ago like a a gun show yeah somewhere in georgia somewhere in atlanta area but i don't think he remembered me dude so like this oh really a long time ago like so long like when i first got out of the marine corps yeah um i had his number saved this is how i remembered because his number was saved in my phone and it said like ronnie gun event so like i'm like because i when i went to all these events and stuff over the years i would go to like to gun shows and stuff here in atlanta like go look at stuff or set up and yeah. sell fucking hats or shirts or whatever. Then I met him there. Um, and that was a long time ago. And then I it became a thing where like we had so many mutual friends that we got really close together and like we'll like watch out for each other for events and stuff. Like there's a machine gun event coming up, and we're like talking about it. Like if there's any events, like we always tell each other, like, hey, come to this air show, or he tells me an event that I didn't know about, I'm like, yo, come to this, come to that. So like we're always going back and forth with like stuff that's happening like in the community, and it doesn't have to be just like a a fucking gun event or like a whatever, but it is like it's it helps dude because like it helps because he's we're both very similar in that aspect because um you no know, we all just want to do our thing man so like if we have rifles at the event like he had all his rifles I had like one or two rifles at the event like real actual guns dude. Right. Like it sucks when you can't go to an event and you sell grips or you sell stuff for guns and you can't bring them, dude. They're like, yeah, you can't have that, dude. Even though it's cleared out, there's a fucking lock, whatever the case is. Right. Like, because I, I go to stuff like that all the time, man. It's like one of those things where it's just whatever, like cool. But um, I definitely I respect the um the places like SS Airsoft and other places like that 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 allow it because it, it really needs to be a thing where you get people comfortable with it and like around it. Right. Because that's like a key to like a key element. Cause like, dude, when Spartans were walking around, they're carrying fucking swords everywhere, dude. Exactly. Tiny different. Like, obviously like we're not walking around with AR 15s on our back. Right. But, like, but majority of Americans are walking around with a pistol and you don't even know it. Yep. So like open carrying, like honestly, I mean that the world's a weird place, man, because they want to do all this stuff on like call of duty. But when it comes to like going to an event and there's guns on the table, then it's like, it's a different story. dude. So like, it's just, that's weird. weird. It's a weird place. Right. So like, yeah, you're, you're like, 
you're making these guys like famous and stuff and like loving guns on there, loving this, loving that. And then they're like, no, nah, like, I don't want to see those guns on the table. Like, cause I, this is like, it was like a, a long time ago, like at a event, probably like a month ago, we went to in Savannah and yeah. uh, we had the trailer set up and my wife was in there and I went to go walk around with the kids somewhere to get like ice cream or something. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, some people walked by and they said, that Green Wolf Tactical only represents like um she said that in her opinion basically like it should only represent like weapons of war or something. I'm like <laughs> it, was just, it was just hilarious. See, I was like, what are you talking about? Like it's just like oh, oh my like, god. That. And I'm like, oh god, man, this is weird, man. Oh my god. <laughs> People are oh lord. They're really out of touch uh with reality. <laughs> and then it, it's so weird because they're like i hate to get politics involved man because i'm not because i could go on like this massive tangent but they're like oh yeah like we send all that shit to ukraine dude like ukraine oh, needs Jesus. all that stuff i'm like we need that stuff bro like, <laughs> don't take my guns and send them to uh, yeah them, like, let's get rid of all of our guns here in yeah. the u.s and we'll end up like ukraine okay yeah. so that's no uh-uh this is why we're not like that because we refuse to give them up. Yeah. <laughs> you figure no. it'd be like an eye opener, man. Be like, yeah, you need that shit, dude. Like, uh, dude. Yeah, but well, they're it's, they're too they're too uh, inundated with. They don't know how to use common sense, bro. Okay, they see, and they go, "Oh, well, that must be truth." Yep, that's what we need to do. Yeah, and they don't know, they don't think it all the way through, so. They're uh, <laughs> they're used to reading headlines and seeing the flashy little one-liners and go, oh yeah, that makes so much sense. Until you work it out in real life, yeah. Like, <laughs> bro, hell yeah. So you go, um, so you you started, uh, or you went to you met Ron from Riker, yep. And then you end up at uh, SS Airsoft at uh, an airsoft event where I met you, yep. And uh, and the thing is, though, your business, uh, everything you guys do, hats, shirts, patches, especially, airsofters, in case you didn't know, are huge into patches. Like, that is their number one thing. If yeah. you meet another airsofter and they have a YouTube channel or any any kind of thing, oh, do you have a patch? You know, like, that is the big thing with uh, airsofters. So, uh, you know, your, your business... Uh, has pretty much everything that a lot of airsofters are looking for, you know, for different occasions. And the other thing too is they make special uh, limited or, you know, limited runs or whatever, like you were talking, like take those small orders. Uh, they do a lot of those for special events. So if they have an airsoft team, they'll do um, a specific patch for that event, you know? Uh, so you're, it, it's good. You know, I was glad to meet you there for sure. I'm glad we met. Uh, it was cool to see you there, even though you, you may not have, you know, Riker doesn't have any connection with airsoft. Like they don't make airsoft stuff Yeah, specifically, but you know, you guys were there, uh, because a lot of these guys, uh, you know, a lot of what we use in airsoft, uh, you guys provide. So. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, it's yeah. like, dude, I like, like I said, man, like Aaron, um, 
I met him at a Torn Warriors event. And this is like a um, so Torn Warriors also is another nonprofit that's owned by a Marine. He's out now and um, they're in Nevada, like they're okay. their base or whatever. Yeah. And I met Aaron there a long time ago and I didn't. I honestly like, dude, I'm oblivious to some shit sometimes and I'm probably stupid for that. But I, I had no idea. He was like the ghost dude. Yeah. All I do. I had no idea. Like we're all just at like at Kurt's bar. Like I would have never known. Yeah. Hanging out. Um, and like super humble guys, like dudes that have done like a ton of stuff in their career. And you would just never know it unless you right. asked them and you like talked about it basically. Yeah. Um, no, I, I've been um, pretty fortunate to be around people like that for a lot of my, um, my business aspect. And it's really cool. Like, um, meeting people like that. Sure. It's, it's a very small, like community of people like that, that, um, that do know like other people and like open doors for you right. that you don't know that are open until you get to it. Exactly. And, um, so no, what is, what, what are your plans for your business, uh, for before the end of the year? What do you guys got going on? Uh, I guess what what do you have going on what uh for your business and also um where can people find all your stuff online? Um basically all my stuff online is available through our site. So anything you order on there usually gets shipped within like 24 hours the latest um as long as someone's here to, to process it. I don't process anything anymore like my wife, she's like my shipping manager basically. She does all the shipments and processing stuff um, yeah i used to do stuff like that I, i'm out of touch with it now like i know how to do it if i had to <laughs> yeah. but um she's so it's like uh, is it greenwolftactical.com yeah yep okay. um basically everything's on there our primary like um social media is is instagram like we have youtube we're like teetering with it like playing with it still so like gotcha. we're not proficient yet at it like yeah videos on there some of them don't make sense they're just random videos and then some yeah. of them are super savvy like we just did that torn warriors event and i had um my brother which is he's a drone operator so he flew like a real like dji oh, nice. drone through the event right had, like a bunch of cool footage and um there was a dude that's an 11 bravo that um he's like out now too he um he came with us and he um did the media like the video the whole like put the video together basically nice but like it was all like done i think very well for that so like it's one of those things man it takes it's not just me dude like it oh, it just course. can't happen like that so like, right it can't just be one person no become what it is today so right it takes a, a community of people to really make it worth awesome. its time and and be good so hell yeah well listen flynn man it's uh it's been great meeting you and or again and uh and talking with you hearing your story and i'm really uh really excited about your business you know growing uh and we everything that you make we need so <laughs> patches stickers uh all that shit um and where i've been you know the last three years have been getting it all these other places whatever uh i will start ordering from you and listen, everybody, uh, whoever's going to watch this or listen to this, um, check out Green Wolf Tactical online uh, on their Instagram and uh, their website for sure. And whenever you need stickers or patches or hats, shirts, 
Cause I want one of those cool shirts with, right there with the ghost guns. I love it. Um, you know, go check these guys out and, uh, and, you know, boost their business uh, in the community. Uh, show them the airsoft love basically. And that's yeah, what we yeah. do. So hell yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you brother. Yeah, man. Um, and to answer the other question, I know it's, you're cutting me off early or not early, but um, <laughs> I didn't answer the question gotcha. uh, that what we got coming up. Yep. Veterans day air show. Um, we have a corporate event in between, which is not like a, a public thing. Um, and then another air show in Peachtree city. So one's the, like a uh, veterans day one. That's it. Um, Delta airlines, like a tech ops one. It's oh, nice. Sure it's, it's open to the public. Like okay. for sure. So that one is in Atlanta. The other one is in, um, Peachtree city, which the blue angels will be at that one. Oh shit. So that one's gonna be like really cool, dude. Because nice. the last couple of years has been F-35s. So I was yeah. sick of seeing them, man. Um, <laughs> so when when's this other one with the Blue Angels? Um October. Fuck. No, it's November, like fifth, sixth, and seventh, I think. It's on the oh. weekend. Okay. But it's in November. It's oh, close for to Veterans, Veterans Day. Day. Yeah, it's yeah. close to Veterans Day. Dude. Right, right. It's the weekend following Veterans Day. So um gotcha. That's really all we got left dude, for the end of the year. Oh, that's good though. Okay. Awesome, man. Yeah. Sounds so. good. Well, I w- I'm interested in that uh, air show. Uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't been to one for a while. Yeah. Are, where are you at again? Like how far from? Uh, two hours. I'm in uh, Simpsonville, South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. It took us like just at two hours yeah. to, uh, to get there and get back. That's not too bad. Whatever. Yeah. It's not bad. Hell yeah, well, we man. can always sleep back here, man, on these things. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, that's cool. I want to come down there and film uh film you making making a hat for me. Um yeah. I I would love to see how those uh how those things work. No, absolutely, man. Like you're always welcome to come, like you and your family, like whoever you want to bring. Like yeah. like I said, man, we got room back well, here. Don't say that now. I got five kids <laughs> and they got and they got other people, so yeah, hell yeah. We get our family together, man. We, uh, you know, it's a lot of us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, brother. You have a good night. All right, brother. Man, thanks for um, having me. And uh, I appreciate it.